We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, world, and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 36,741. Uh, the best podcast there is, the best podcast there was, and the best podcast there ever will be. Dane Brugler, my co-host, is currently in the middle of a massive contract dispute, uh, and so he's holding out. It's a first in podcast history, but Dane is holding out. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter, and in order to try to drive him back to the bargaining table, we've brought in a replacement that we think is of the highest order. The great Kevin Turner of 105.3 The Fan and DFW at KT Fun Tweets. How does it feel to be just a leverage play against Dane? I support it as a guy who subscribes to Trust the Tape and listens on a weekly basis. Besides that occasional week where I just don't get around to it, I'm going to be real honest with you, but most of the time I listen to the podcast, um, I'm in it for Dane. If he needs to make a little more money, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it, man. Yeah. I get how contracts work. Yeah, we're at zero. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's a tough bargain. Uh, so, Dane's deal would be actually that he has a sick child. So... Oh. So he'll be back. So the lesson is don't have kids. Yes. I actually agree with that 100%. Uh, although I can't say that out loud because if my girlfriend hears it, she'll get creeped out. So, man, kids are the best. And she's a big college football fan. She is. So she'll listen to this. Yeah, boomer sooner. Uh, okay, so number of things to do. One, we always recap the week, of course. Two, Ow. we always preview the week, of course. Ow. And three, there's a story. I have a story in college football that's a freaking headline today, KT. Right. Uh, Benjamin Albright, who's been right before, says Sam Darnold is not going to be in the NFL next year, that he is going to go back to USC for another year of football, which would make sense from the perspective of he hasn't been as good this year as he was a year ago when he took the world over. Uh, but I kind of think of it from the NFL point of view, like, is there going to be a dude that you're sold on is going to save your franchise if you're one of the five tanking teams in the NFL, Darnold's not coming. He's like, no, I want no part of you guys. It is funny how you thought, oh, we're going to have like a handful of guys to choose from if we tank it up this year in the NFL. And now like it has been trending this way with Darnold. Like it has felt like, yeah, the right thing for him might is probably to go back and then get killed by Notre Dame. There's so many things that he does when you watch him. And this is without studying. This is just eyeball test, just watching on you know, just watching the on TV, he's the, studying he's, the game tape. He's the best quarterback ever and the worst. It's incredible how many great plays he makes, and then how many times he decides to just throw off his back foot or force it into double coverage. You know, you know, I feel better about Rosen than any of them because I feel like there's like a feel in the pocket that he has that's just a little bit better than Darnold's. Like you'll see Darnold try to get away from pressure by moving backwards. Like Rosen will step up, he'll get hit, and I'm worried about his shoulder and really the preservation of his health and things like that. And then his attitude's a whole nother thing that yeah. people are worried about and how entitled he is. Yeah, with Rosen, but, it seems like we just need to listen. Here's the tough part about evaluating players. And Dane will have it. Dane talks to so many scouts that he'll have it. But for the rest of the world, it's really tough. Because what we have to figure out with Josh Rosen is, uh, does he like football? Does he care? And is he too cocky to get along with people? I mean, there's a lot going on. You can go to his family history. Like, his, his dad was, like, on the neurosurgeon list of, like, 
for President Obama. Oh, like I just like yeah, like like there was the weirdest thing. Like so he, he really is. Like he was like one of the guys on standby at the White House for like if like there's so much crazy stuff going on with him. Like his parents used to be ice skaters. They're very he's he's very wealthy. Like he grew up. They used to be what ice skaters. Like professionally? Yeah. His dad was a neurosurgeon ice skater? I'm telling you, it's the weirdest thing. Okay. And he's real, the way he is is because he came from money and he lived that, Uh, like, you know, that kind of LA lifestyle. But I do feel pretty good about him as far as a player. Like, I feel better about him than any of the other quarterbacks. He was working with a QB guru at three. Taking seven step drops and making sure. I don't that- think it was like that. He was more of a tennis guy at first. Oh, <laughs> see, like it's weird, right? Very hoity-toity. I called. I called my shot here the other day. I'm going to do it right here on this podcast. He's the guy that if if it's Cleveland, if it's somewhere he doesn't want to go, if it's Cleveland at number one. Uh oh, Eli Elway. Yeah, man, that would be awesome. What, can't you see that? Yeah, I can see that. Now, if it's San Francisco, I could see him probably going to San Francisco. I'll go play for Shanahan and the 49ers. That's great. You know, my home state and all that stuff. I could see him doing that because he is an entitled guy. Yeah, I'm kind of being drawn, KT, to the guys that people don't talk about uh, that I think are pretty good when I watch him play. Will Greer is my guy. West Virginia yeah, quarterback, that's my guy because he's got long hair. When you have that sort of flow, I feel like it really elevates your game. You have better pocket awareness when you have that sort of hair. Because you're just, you know, you know how good you look while you're dropping back. <laughs> you know, because you got, you got something flowing while it's going on. And you wear a headband. Like Baker Mayfield wears one for no reason. That makes you less aware in the pocket. Yeah. But if you wear one because you need to, that I think ups your awareness. And you're a big Lamar Jackson fan, of course. I am. Uh, it's very confusing to me how people hate him. It's uh, weird. I'll take the best athlete on the field who plays quarterback and can throw. Like, sure, he's not the most consistent thrower. Go check Michael Vick's numbers when he was at uh, Virginia Tech, and he was the number one overall pick, and Lamar throws the ball way better than Vick. Vick made it in the NFL. I mean, he stopped by prison for a minute, but he yeah. made it. I'll I'll take my chances with that dude. If I'm Cleveland, I'll trade the number one pick. I'll trade down a few spots, gather some picks, take Lamar Jackson, and by God, if it doesn't work, I'm going to be fun to watch. We're going to be real fun to watch. You know, this happens every year or almost every year. I know, you know, obviously Miles Garrett went first this year. But if there are quarterbacks to be taken, they will go first. So, like, you know, I don't think like Yeah, but it's the NFL. You also, it really helps if you're like 6'3", throw a pretty spiral, are accurate, and are Caucasian. Like, that'll really get you picked Yeah, true. So, Rosen's in a good spot right now. Is Deshaun Watson kind of, and and Dak kind of... Yeah. Are they help? I mean, I, I could just name all you yeah. know, African-American quarterbacks, I guess. I mean, they go. But, Cam went. I mean, Vic went. They they go. Jameis went. They go. Mahomes, too, was first round, too. Yeah. Um, I just feel like if you are six foot four or five and you can throw the ball far uh, and you're Caucasian, you will get, you'll get 12 years in the league. I mean, you might be a backup, but you'll hang well, around. You'll hang around. They believe in you, man. They, the NFL loves you. Uh, yeah, Lamar's my guy. I don't know if I would take him number one overall, but I believe in him. He's going to make it. Y'all better believe. Watch him. Just watch him play. He's throwing over 60% this year. That's good enough. Not yeah. great, but it's good enough. Yeah. And he's the best athlete on the field. That's my dude. A lot I'll of this roll. all matters about which system they end up into. I think that's oh, a big huge. part of it. Just it's like, huge. Why was Dak the best <laughs> rookie quarterback? Yeah. Because he was in Dallas where they blocked perfect, they ran perfect, and he had good receivers. And now Wentz. They're kind of figuring it out. They block well. His receivers can now catch. They got him an extra receiver or two. 
they added a run. Like, yeah, this is his surroundings got better. Jared Goff was the worst quarterback in the league. What happened? A left tackle, oh. a center, three wide receivers. Oh my God! We gave him five he targets. Can play. What <laughs> happened? Well, the situation happened, and that's how that's how football works. Get used to it. Uh, Peyton Manning sucked as a rookie. Yeah. He was on a bad team. It happens. All right, recapping uh, this weekend's action in college football. Do you have a place uh, that you would that you would like to start? I mean, I know normally we start with local stuff, but this is a national podcast, so I think the biggest game of the week to me was Penn State, Michigan State, right? Penn State, Michigan, sir. I mean, you're filling, Michigan, you are sorry. filling in for the finest football yeah, mind in all the land. Well, get used to a couple errors then. Oh, okay. Okay. Say now what I've done. Is I've created more leverage for his contract. That was great because they're like, this guy can't fill in every week. We got to have Dane back. <laughs> this guy just has what's the thing where you say things on accident out loud and you yell <laughs> Tourette's. Yeah, he's got state Tourette's. He just adds state to the end of teams. It's real weird. <laughs> yeah, University of Texas Penn State State. state. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, in that game, uh, I was a little bit surprised in that Michigan coming in that was the best defense in college football. That was, depending how you measure it, but that was the number one defense in college football. Now, Michigan's offense is atrocious, and you can't take them seriously because they're one of the many schools that can recruit pretty much whoever they want and can't find a quarterback. That's embarrassing. But as a defensive team, that was supposed to be tough for Penn State. And Saquon goes and scores three times, like 160 total yards. McSorley throws for almost 300, accounts for four touchdowns, and they rolled them. Penn State is incredible right now. And they get a congratulations for whooping Michigan, and their reward is you get to travel to Ohio State. Yeah. Like, hey, congrats. Well, and I saw last night, the odds, according to computers, uh, of winning the Big Ten, it's like 50% Ohio State and 19% Penn State. So Home team. They are projecting, but this is to win the conference. So they're oh, projecting Ohio yeah. State to beat Penn State and then go undefeated and win the conference. I want Penn State to beat them. Because I've too. had about enough of the JT Barrett-led Ohio State offense being on my TV because it's so incredibly boring. Like, great, you've rolled up some real bad teams the last few weeks, but I, I want to watch Saquon Barkley in the playoff. Oh, That's they, what I want. They almost ruined the whole college football playoff experience last year by getting in uh, Ohio State, by getting in and then getting blown out in the first game of the night. Like, okay, you're supposed to like save the day. We've got two big games and you get blown out. So, like, they made it no fun. I don't want them in there. And, and, and aside from it, too, I, I think Penn State's interesting because you know, we talk about Michigan having some good defense. And I know the game was at Happy Valley. I know it's a little bit different. I mean, it really is in the Big Ten. I think that really does matter. That home crowd stuff, I think, is very important. But it's not like like we talk about Saquon Barkley all day long, and he's awesome. I mean, he's freaking awesome. We all know that. But McSorley's not terrible. And yeah. they got a couple wide receivers that are good. So. If you just want to like load up the box and say, hey, we're going to take away Saquon, I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea because McSorley will go drop 300 yards on you. Okay. Like that, yeah. that's something that can happen. And especially I think, because they play, everybody now plays Barkley like they play Ezekiel Elliott in the NFL, yeah. if not more, where it's yeah. like, hey, that's what we're taking away. And he's still successful, but McSorley's just like, wait, so which man coverage do I want to throw to? I think Northwestern was like the only team that was able to, to stop Saquon, you know, just a, and just a little bit. And then. Who knows, games like that, you know, who knows if they were even really geared up for it, especially with these two games coming up. I'm really excited for Ohio State and Penn State this week. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be really close. I'm pulling for Penn State just like you are. I saw JT Barrett. I mean, we were killing him 
And I'm tired. Of, I don't like to watch him play. Yeah, well, his numbers on the year now are really good. Yeah, they're he's, really good. He's I mean, about to be back and, in the Heisman talk. And the whole thing of like taking care of the ball and all that stuff that matters yeah. if you're going to be a guy like him, you yeah. know? But yeah. we give you one of the best defenses in college football. Uh, you're going to be surrounded by skilled players that can really play. What we want you to do is go get us five yards per carry. Don't put the ball at risk, and we'll win by 30. And the problem is, is like to your point last year, that works all the way until you play a team that has talent close to yours that can actually play offense. Yeah. Then you're going to get blown out. And so I don't want that in my playoff. I want them to lose. That's where I'm at. Uh, other games over the weekend. I thought it was big for the Big 12 that – TCU, of course, is number four in the country. They beat Kansas by 43. Doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. They were supposed to roll them. They rolled them. But what was big for them was OU getting by and Oklahoma State getting by because it keeps the Big 12, at least in my mind, elevated well over the Pac-12. And right now you're trying to get to the playoff. Washington and Washington State, when they spit the bit a couple weeks ago, that killed the Pac-12. USC put a nail in the coffin uh, over the weekend by getting rolled by Notre Dame. Heck, that sent Sam Darnold back to college. And uh, like so USC is buried. The Pac-12's top teams are Washington and Washington State, who nobody believes in. And so now in the Big 12, because they just hung on. And for OU, it wasn't a good win. It was terrifying. For Oklahoma State, it was terrifying against Texas. But to just hang on means that you have three legitimate teams that if you went out, have a shot. And the Pac-12 has hurt themselves so much that I just thought that was huge that they survived. Yeah, sure, you didn't have awesome games, you didn't blow anybody out, but you kept going as a one-loss team. Kept going. And that's as, what they need as a one-loss team, and each of those teams have difficult games ahead of them too. Like if you like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are going to play each other, and I'm glad that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to make sure that that one-loss game. It's kind of like so. I predicted Oklahoma State to win the Big Twelve, and I'm I regret that now. I was so angry at Mike Gundy and the way he coached on Saturday against the Longhorns. I, I th- think Mason, I thought strange. I think Mason Rudolph isn't any good if he's he has not. the players to match him at all. He's not any good. Yeah, he's not any good. And Gundy must either know that or he coached scared on Saturday because everything was a horizontal pass. There was nothing down the field. Okay. Well, here's the crazy thing: Texas went to the extreme. I've never seen this. They played three deep safeties almost every snap. They said, you know what? Can you beat us without big plays? And the no. answer was yes. Well, they won 13 to 10. You can't but the answer was you can't be anything close to what you normally are because all we're going to do is say no to your bombs. No bombs. And they played three deep, three men at the line of scrimmage, and they were like, run it. I dare you. And they were good enough to kind of stop the run throughout it. So for Texas, you're three and four, whatever. You're trying to come back. You're trying to get They're trying to kill the quarterback. Again. Yeah, and that's a decent showing against a team like Oklahoma State. For Oklahoma State, it doesn't look good, but you hung on. But I think their quarterback gets exposed when they play good teams. Yeah, I TCU, agree. He's not an NFL quarterback, Texas, dude. Like, he'll go to the league. I don't. He'll go. To the he's league. not a starter. He's not a. He shouldn't be in the Heisman contention, in my opinion. I don't think he is anymore. Oh, yeah, I, don't I think, think he is it's either. a. I think it's like a three dog race in the Heisman. Baker, Lamar. I don't have Lamar. You in got there. Lamar out of it. No, JT. I got, I got Baker, JT, and Saquon. Saquon, and I think Bryce Love, just because okay. he has like fourteen hundred yards rushing, even though they didn't play mm-hmm. this week. Like he's by far the leading rusher in the country. But they have to win a bunch of games for him to stay relevant. But yeah, I don't think there's a whole bunch of people involved in that conversation. Yeah, I don't either. Kind of Baker versus so, Saquon. So uh, Oklahoma will host Tech this week. Tech, uh, my question I would like to pose to you. So they have 
uh, Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, uh, West Virginia. They've got them. They've stomped them out almost, and then they give up 29 scoreless points or whatever, or unanswered points or whatever. They lose that game, and then they go lose to Iowa State, who's now a top 25 team. Is Coach Kingsbury at all on the hot seat? And here's two things I want to throw at you. He should have been fired years ago. Does he have to beat either OU or TCU to keep his job? Those are two games, two huge games he's got coming up. Does he have to win one of those to keep his job? Okay. Last year there were five and seven, so they'll likely get six wins. They'll likely go six and six. And B, could they do any better than Kingsbury and Texas Tech? I think that's the problem. Is the problem is you haven't been good since Mike Leach. And how long has that been? Over half a decade, right? Long time ago. It's pay over Coach half Leach, a decade. by the way. Do what? Hashtag pay Coach Leach. Yeah, hashtag pay Coach Leach. Check out that hashtag. Uh, his Vikings versus Pirates uh, audio the other day was tremendous. He's a very Man. he's a genius, that Mike Leach. Um, you weren't good before Mike Leach. You haven't been good since Mike Leach. You are in a conference where it's, it's going to be hard to ever be better than Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, although I guess there's times when they've been better than Texas, but I think on the whole, Texas is always going to be better than you. So for I, Tech, it's tough. And I think Kingsbury helps in one regard, and it's stupid and it shouldn't matter. He makes Texas Tech cool. That's uh, what Cliff Kingsbury does. I think people look at him and they think he's cool. Coach Bro. Yes. Okay. But he like maybe he's a good offensive coordinator. I he's just he's not a good head coach. He should be he should have been fired yesterday, the day before, the week before, the week before, and the year before. He should have been fired a bunch of times and see if he can just run an offense. Because to this point, he's done nothing to show you that he can run a football team. And he's there for two reasons. A, because he was a quarterback there. B, because the, the Johnny Manziel at the time. Because he was at A&M. Okay? I've got a solution. Because there's some Tech fans coming at me and said, hey, we can't do any better. My solution is North Texas offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. You, what? former? He's a former Tech quarterback. I remember Graham Harrell. Why not just get another try it again? Hold on. Like you, you think you're going to have a big drop off because you don't have a tech quarterback coaching your team? <laughs> well, you can still have a tech quarterback coaching your team. Hold on. You just ran out of University of North Texas assistant. I'm going to need well, you to expand on that. Uh, North Texas, for a team that is in this melting pot here in the Metroplex, they've got a top 15 receiver, top 15 rusher in the league. Okay. In what? I league? mean, in Division One. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I thought you meant the conference. Yeah, not the conference, not in Conference USA. That okay. would be that would not be something to be proud of. Okay. You want to have the best guy in yes. Conference USA. Yes. By the way, they got beat 69-31 by oh. Lane and Monty Kiffin. And, Wait, uh, what? Yeah, Florida International. It oh, was a huge yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. 69-31. Wait, is Monty actually active doing th- uh, something? Yes, actually he was in the locker room dancing after the game with all the players. It's he can real dance? weird. Does Monty hey, Kiffin move better dude. than Rod Marinelli? Uh, no. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, aren't they the same thing? Well, one's 30 years older or so. 20, 20 15. 10, five. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's old. He's very old. He's very old. That's what I know. Uh, let's see. Other games worth recapping. Miami beat Syracuse. Miami is still undefeated, but it's just not the Miami That's of old. Like, I don't up. take them seriously. It's not going to happen. They don't. They're not relevant. Um, I think when it comes to talking playoff, the Pac-12 champion might end up being relevant, but I doubt it. The Big Ten champion is 100% relevant. Pac-12 would have to be Washington, right? Yeah, but they're not going to have another really good win. Washington and Washington State will go play each other. 
If they both have one loss. Apple Cup, by the way. The Apple Apple Cup Cup could be this year's Bedlam game where it keeps one team alive and keeps, because then next week's Bedlam, not this weekend, but the week after next is Bedlam. They'll be alive, but here, okay, so here, let me lay out why I think the Pac-12 is already dead. I think they're already dead because the Big Ten winner is in. Mm -hmm. The SEC winner is in. I think the Big 12 winner's in, unless they end up with uh, a two-loss champion. Or, you know what, a one-loss TCU could very easily get screwed because their brand isn't big enough. But now you got other teams creeping, like Clemson, if they went out, which they should, is in. Uh, and Notre Dame is now a threat. If yeah. a one-loss Notre Dame is a threat over, <laughs> I think, over a Pac-12 champion, and then what throws an extra team in the mix is the SEC could get two teams over the Pac-12. I believe that 100%, especially if it plays out like this. Georgia goes undefeated. I think they will. Bama goes undefeated. I think they will. Then Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game. Alabama still gets One loss Alabama has only lost to the number one team in the country. They lost a close game because that's the way it would play out. I think you take them both. And I think they push out a conference champion because your only loss was to number one in the country, and you're Alabama. Congrats, you're in the playoff. Would anyone have a problem with that? I wouldn't. I guess it would just depend. I mean, it only just the teams that, that didn't school. make it. Yeah, but I mean, like the, the conference champion you'd be pushing out wouldn't be the Big Ten champion. It would be. Oh, no. It would no, be no, the no. Big Twelve champion, or it would be or the a team like or the Washington. ACC champion, who, which Clemson would say, "Well, all we did was well, you lost to Syracuse." Well, if Clemson loses another game, they're, they're done. done. If they yeah. lose another game, they're done. But yeah. at this point, uh, they're okay. Just went out, and you're probably in. But I just I think the Pac-12 is in trouble because when you start talking about the teams you got to go in over, it's Notre Dame, it's Alabama or Georgia, uh, possibly it's OU, it's Clemson, it's like those are names yeah. that I don't think as a Washington you can jump. And it's kind of dumb that you may end up with a better resume. It's possible than somebody that makes the playoff. But this is what they do. They will take a school like Michigan's unranked, but if they weren't, that's the kind of name that gets in. Ohio State is the name that gets in. Bama is the name that gets in. So you're in a scary spot right now if you're a team in the Pac-12 that's not named USC, if you are TCU, if you are – and those are probably the top uh, candidates there. Those sort of teams, you got to be nervous. You know, if you're TCU, you might have to go undefeated. I think you can lose a game. I think so too. I you will have wins over West Virginia. You'll have a win over, even if they're a one-loss team, over, I guess that would be everybody but Oklahoma, but then you'd have to beat them in the conference title game. So I think the Big 12, because they have a title game, will have enough wins or enough big wins that if you have one loss, you're pretty good. You're better than the Pac-12. I think I think this, well, so this is all fun to talk about and stuff, but like a lot of this stuff comes back to earth pretty quickly. Like TCU playing Iowa State and Iowa State. Iowa State's proven to be a tough team. Okay, at five and two in a top twenty-five team. I don't think it's going to happen. I think TCU will win, but you know, someone's going to slip up like that, and it'll really clear things up. I, I and there's another team that we haven't talked about, and I don't, you know, I don't even know a ton about them though. Like this NC State Notre Dame game on Saturday's huge. Both teams are six and one. Like NC State's got just as much to argue about if they beat Notre Dame. They're sitting there with one loss in the ACC going, well, Clemson's got one loss. They lost to Syracuse. We got one loss. And like, yeah, and, and Miami, I, I agree with you. That I think Miami's going to lose another Miami game. Miami will lose a game or two. Like, they should have already lost. 
two or three games. Yes. Okay. Yes. But like, I think NC State's kind of that same boat. Clemson would always get in over them, I think. But like, they're going to have an argument if they beat Notre Dame. The same way Notre Dame's going to have an argument if they continue to have one loss. The only other team that is relevant, I think, that we haven't really talked about is Wisconsin because they're still yeah. undefeated. But I think everybody, myself included, assumes no matter what they do, once they make it to the title game, they're going to get stomped out by Ohio State or Penn State. And I think that'll happen, but Wisconsin's always a tough team. And right now they're just they're doing what they do every year, and the schedule sort of helped them out this year because they're in the weak side of the Big Ten. But, you know, you get to the title game and you run up against Ohio State or Penn State, and I think the world changes for Wisconsin a little bit. So we had a great title game last year, but the two playoff games leading up to it sucked. Well, do you think that will at all play into the committee? Like, I know it's real early and stuff, but would they look at that and bump a against team out? Against who? Would that be against Ohio State? Well, it's whoever it is. I mean, just even whoever, would they say, well, what gives a better, let's say Alabama's number one. Right. Would they say, what, what gives us a better chance to beat Alabama or what gives us a better game? Like, what gives us the two best games? Like, well, I know we're supposed to pick the top four teams, but could they look at last year's just debacle of those four teams? And it's not like they got the teams Maybe, wrong. Think, just the yeah. game sucked. Yeah, I think it's it wasn't just, fun. It's hard to guess. You would yeah. think that the top four teams have the best chance of competing yeah. with each other. I, I don't think anybody knew Ohio State was going to throw a stinker out there. And now I assume they would if they make the playoff. And that could be 100% wrong. Because the quarterback. But yeah, that would be my <laughs> assumption right. is that they just can't match points with a good team uh, that belongs on a field with them. I don't think they can, but maybe they will. Uh, is there anything else we got to recap? Auburn beating Arkansas doesn't matter because Auburn's dead. Pretty much every other team that we didn't discuss is dead. Alabama beat Tennessee. It is interesting that Tennessee is no longer capable of playing sports. It is strange. At least football, but they're not. They're done. It is strange out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, we're not good anymore. Yeah, they're no good. They're done, Ski. Uh, okay, and so after that, we fast forward into previewing next weekend, which if you're a DFW resident, Man. oh, buddy, do you ever want to be at a place called Scruffy Duffy's <laughs> to watch college football? Man. That's where you want to be. That's where the watch party is. Woo! 2.30 on Saturday oh, at Scruffy man. Duffy's. If you want to hang out with these two guys. Oh. And wow, you better show up. Oh, man. Now, <laughs> this is one of those days where it's, uh, I'm a big fan of the day where you get to wake up and uh, you sleep in a little bit, but then as soon as you open your eyes, it's time to lock in. 11 a.m. got good football happening. And that good football is Oklahoma State, who is not dead in the playoff conversation, has a chance to get another good win against my guy, West Virginia, Will Greer. That's my quarterback. Now, it's based on live watching about two games, but that's my quarterback. That's yeah. the one dude that nobody uh, talks about in the conversation with the really good quarterbacks, but at Florida, I believe he was undefeated, like 7-0 and before he got hit for a PED thing that he still denies, transfers to West Virginia. Now that he's playing there, Ballin. Not only that, this is important to me, KD. Married, and I believe has a kid. What? This is a mature man with long hair that plays quarterback. He's well. married. He is married. He's definitely married. And I think Why? the kid. That, well, you know, he wanted to get his uh, priorities really oh, okay. squared away so Got that it. he could really focus. It's important to have that rock next to you, and that's what he has. Uh, so Oklahoma State, West Virginia is a heck of a way to start the day. 
I always get confused when I look at times on a computer. It says 11 a.m. Is that really 11 a.m.? Does my yeah, computer know where I am? Yeah. That's central time. 11 a.m. central time. 11 a.m. Yeah. central so we time. we got a lot of East and West Coast listeners. Yeah, so you have a really good game there at 11 a.m. And then as your day moves on. Well, real quick, I want to, real quick. I do want Oklahoma State to win this game because I want to keep next week's Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game of two one-loss teams intact. Oh, it, it helps the Big 12. It helps the Big other, 12. When the higher-ranked teams win. Like, That's going to um, be a tough, tough win for them to go into West Virginia and get that, though. Yeah. Well, you know, like, you know the biggest Notre Dame fan in the country right now? Georgia. Georgia is the only oh, team yeah. that beat Notre Dame. Yeah. So if Notre Dame ends the season with one <laughs> loss, Georgia's like, heck yeah, look what we did. We beat Notre Dame. We're awesome. But if they lose the title game, they're like, well, you can't put in Notre Dame because we beat them. So let's go. Let's dance. <laughs> uh, so the 2.30 games is where we really shine. Oh, my goodness. TCU-Iowa State, that is huge for TCU because even though Iowa State, um, and it's at Iowa State, they're ranked, but they're Iowa State. Seneca Wallace, man. Probably, he's not there anymore. It's probably a little bit unfair that I'm doing exactly what the committee does that I don't appreciate them doing, but they're Iowa State. So I don't really consider them a top 25 team. TCU has to beat that team, but it still looks good because you're going to beat a ranked team uh, and keep cruising along. NC State, Notre Dame is a really good one at 230. That's two top 15 teams. Uh, NC State's got a quarterback that people don't talk about a ton, but has a chance to be an NFL guy. Notre Dame has a running back who probably ran his way into the Heisman uh, conversation last week when they ran over USC. So that's another good one. Georgia, Florida is no longer a good one unless Florida accidentally plays well, which hasn't happened tough all place year. To play. So, yeah. Give them that. It's a tough place to play when the other team's decent and Florida's <laughs> not. So, and our other game, Woo. of course, we talked about it a lot already. But Penn State, Ohio State, 2.30 on Saturday. That's a big one. Ohio State is your favorite. They've been absolutely rolling lately. But Penn State's rolled all year. So uh, I'm going to bet with my heart because I just want Penn State to beat them. I don't know why I'm a Penn State fan. I guess it's like I like James Franklin. I like Saquon Barkley. Where that school was, what was that, just four or five years ago? Yeah, the they, they rebounded pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think it's James Franklin and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. That's what rebounded them. So I'd like to see that team beat Ohio State and make their way to the playoff. That would be lovely. Uh, that's about all I got, KT. Yeah, the night game, there, there are two games. I am keeping an eye on it just because I'm, I love Mike Leach, and I know you do too. Washington State, I still do want... Like, I still want the possibility of crazy things. So I do want Washington State and Washington to continue to have one loss. So they're playing Arizona, who's 5-2 and two in Arizona. It could be a tough game for them. Much like Iowa State, and, but they're Arizona. And, and this is this is Washington State's, I believe, second road game. Like, they scheduled their first five games at home. So, like, you jump out to 5-0 and oh and all that. Like, they got to go back on the road again. So we'll see uh, what happens there. And then, it's so uh, weird that Washington State quit. Uh Two weeks ago, and just decided they didn't want to be undefeated, and they wanted to get rolled by thirty something by Cal. It was a weird decision by Mike Leach, maybe to keep his players grounded. Clemson at home should roll over Georgia Tech at seven at night, and the other seven o'clock game is Tech at Oklahoma. Rock and roll! All right, that's KT at KT Fun Tweets on the Twitter, filling in for Dane Brugler this week. Um, Sorry, guys. Uh, when Dane comes back, though, he's going to have so much content. Don't just, like, don't, you can't apologize at the end oh. of the podcast. Like, I did poor, like, you were, you were, man, you're Quit. the third best person to ever be on this show. 
fourth in the last two weeks. Broad, okay. But yeah, in the last two weeks, yeah, without a doubt. Monty Kiffin seventy-seven. Yeah. Rod Marinelli sixty-eight. Ooh, within a decade. Who would have thought? I guess you would have thought. That's Your first why you guess it up. was thirty. It was. Well, I thought Monty was ninety. I really thought he was running the Cowboys defense at like 85. I thought that happened. All right, trust the tape. It's in the books. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, wait. No, hey, listen. Listen. Oh. Really need you to go on to uh, however you listen to this thing. Hit the five-star review and then add a comment, something generic, like, whoo, good content, guys. I appreciate it. Something like that. Or something wild. Tell me your favorite animal when you leave a five-star review. Maybe it's a duck-billed platypus. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.